This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Said 45 year with Julian Ng and Joyce Go looking into some of the day's business news. The second phase of the Klang Valley double track is underway and is expected to kick off this month. According to uh, sources uh, from the Starbase, uh, Starbase says that it will begin with the appointment of a new consultant from the project. Uh, the source adds that the government will call for bids through an open tender, which is a good thing. Yeah. And the project is expected to cost between four and four and a half billion ringgit, which which is a substantial reduction from the uh, previous uh, price tag of almost 6 billion ringgit. Yeah, so the second phase uh, will involve 110 kms of railway tracks spanning from the Kuala Lumpur station to Klang, south, south to Seremban and Simpang Port Klang to Port Klang. And according to Kurita Pitana Melayu, the second phase of this KVDT is crucial as the current track network is unsustainable. Yep, so the original um, contractor or consultant for phase one is uh, this company called DMIA Engineering, uh, which stands for Diamond Module Infrastructure Asia Engineering. Um, and uh, the, some of the other projects that they have done are Central Link KLI Expressway, Westport, uh, also the electrified double uh, track between Goping and Ipoh. Uh, currently, uh, they are working on the phase one of the KVDT uh, and following the uh, G14, uh, the uh, phase two was cancelled after a review, but now is expected to be revived with a better price tag. Yeah, so DMIA Engineering actually got that uh, in a partnership with Lembaga Tabung Angkatan Tentera, they were awarded the second phase of the KVDT at a contract cost of 5.9 billion ringgit. So now I guess all eyes will be on this bit. Who's going to tender for it and who will get it? Correct. At 5.9 billion, uh, it will come up to about 53 million per kilometer. But with the new price tag of 4.5 billion, uh, that's 40.9 million per kilometer. Very uh, substantial reduction. Some of the potential bidders, YTL Corp, Gamuda, the WCT, Sunway Construction Group, and uh, including DIMIA Engineering as well. Uh, I guess this is a good thing. We are going into a new era where uh, we need to reduce uh, costs so much. We need to reduce corruption so badly that uh, the open, open tender to me, I think, is a very good news. Yeah, it's a definitely good move. I mean, not just to reduce costs, but to make sure that the best person, the best company wins the contract. Absolutely. Um, Joyce, the, mm. uh, still on the transportation theme, um, everyone's minds are on the uh, Proton X70. Yeah. Uh, and the competition between Proton and Proda is heating up so much uh, that they are really putting it all, all put out all the stops uh, to boost margins and to regain market share by putting up their own version of the SUV. So the soccer mom card. Well, bookings for the Proton X70 apparently exceeded 15 thousand units since September. The vehicle was launched on uh, December 12 and the average booking numbers climbed to 200 to 300 per day. That's quite a lot. Uh, yeah, I, I, I know of many people, family and friends, uh, they're very interested uh, to get one of these units, which I think is priced at about 120,000, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, Perudo Aro's SUV, uh, is, uh, they announced that the bookings were open uh, last week and uh, they're confident of selling an average of 2,500 units monthly. Uh, they want to end the year at about uh, 31,000 units in sales. Um, and this is priced 
raised at about uh, over 70,000 70, right? Yeah. Uh, Proton is also going to come out with an X50, which okay. is uh, also a lower price than the X70. Well, I guess it depends on, on what you're looking for in the car. My father-in-law sent a photo of the X70. One of his friends got the, the car and it, it looks pretty good. I, uh, I'm not sure about the, the driving and all that. I have to go and test drive the car. Yeah, but you know, the car market has been uh, very uh, pedestrian, no, no pun intended, right, over the last few years. Uh, where TIV volume uh, for 2019, M Investment Bank Research is pr- projecting a, only a 2% growth. Oh, 2% only for this year. So I guess, oh yeah, they're looking at 600,000 units. Uh, they also note that the growth in 2019 would depend on the performance of volume-oriented players such as Brodua, Honda, Toyota, Nissan and Mazda. Kananga, they expect, uh, meanwhile, expect the TIV growth to be flat at 590,000 units. This is due to the absence of that one-off tax holiday that we saw in 2018. So that could net off. Um, perhaps things could be better this year if new launches come in and people like the new launches and they can afford it, that could help with the uh, numbers for just this like, year. Just like the iPhone, right? You have to keep on uh, coming up with new models. Now, still on the auto sector, the Edge reports that Cycle & Carriage Bintang could be exiting its retail operations and selling it to Mercedes-Benz Malaysia. Yeah, so what you're saying is that this could see the Cycle, uh, cycle Carriage & Bintang downsizing its business and only selling spare parts and servicing Mercedes-Benz vehicles in Malaysia. Yep. Uh, so we we know that uh, from from last year, the, there was an option that was being exercised by um, Daimler, right? Last Android? month, last yeah, month, that's yeah. right. So last month there was a call option by Daimler AG for Cycle Carriage and Bintang to dispose forty nine percent of its stake in Mercedes Benz Malaysia for sixty six million ringgit, and that sale is going to take about twelve months to complete, and that results in the uh, Cycle Carriage and Bintang they will not no longer be entitled to the annual dividend from. Uh, Mercedes-Benz Malaysia of 11.2 million ringgit, Julian. That's quite a lot. That's quite a lot of money because uh, for the ninth month of September, uh, they made about uh, 19 million in net profit and uh, you know 11.2 of that came from dividends uh, from Daimler. Uh, so now the question is quite existential for uh, Cycle and Carriage about what they want to do because right now they've just been reduced to uh, an, you know, a servicing parts uh, company. Um, if the news happens, because uh, right now it's if still... If it comes to fruition. Still, yeah, that's right. So looking at this, I think uh, their 2017 annual report, gross profit margins for Cycle and Carriage, that's been going down, that's been narrowing from 9.2% in twenty uh, for 2015 to 6.7% in 2017. Yeah, uh, in spite of that, uh, if you look at the overall uh, Mercedes performance in Malaysia, I mean, going just beyond Cycle and Carriage, the car sales are, are great uh, despite the CCB slump, right? Okay, so only CCB is seeing uh, a drop when it comes to sales of uh, Mercedes cars. That, that's right, because Mercedes have achieved a record high sales volume of about 10,000 units for the first nine months of 2018. And this is a 16% rise from the same period uh, last year. Wow. Um, also, they have a 2.5% market share of the premium car segment. Uh, it's got the compact car now, A-class, B-class. Um, a lot of these are very um, useful 
in luring people. It's like an entry-level Mercedes into mm. the entry market so that uh, you'll buy more expensive cars in the future. I guess for people who like smaller cars as well and nippy cars, you know, where you can park easier. Some people perhaps who don't have drivers to park their cars for them. You know, you, you kind of need smaller cars. And I personally like a, a smaller car. It's easier to park. So, uh, but of course, I cannot it's, afford it's the now, uh, It's now a face-off <laughs> between the local rebadging of uh, bigger SUVs or uh, the uh, smaller uh, cars from the luxury brands like Mercedes. Mm. Now, uh, moving on to the telco sector uh, and m news within that, according to Reuters, Vietnam's largest telecommunications company, Viettel, uh, they are in talks with Malaysian telcos to buy stakes. Uh, they're seeking to double their current 5 million subscribers in Myanmar by the end of the year. This is interesting. So who are they talking to? I mean, they didn't reveal the names, but it is existing telco companies in Malaysia and Indonesia. And I think uh, Viettel has big plans when it comes to the telco industry. Um this morning as well, there's this uh, news article in uh, Malaysian Reserve where they say that um, they spoke to telco analysts. And what these analysts are saying is that telco industry players may explore M&A exercises this year. This is because the fair value of telco stocks is ideal for M&A deals. That's what the analysts are saying. Yeah, I think that uh, also given the recent falls in the Malaysian uh, stock prices, it might be a good time to just look at M&A. But just a little bit of background of Viettel. This is actually a military-run company in Vietnam, mm. uh, but they are big. Uh, they have 60 million subscribers uh, in Vietnam, and they have over 30 million subscribers across 10 countries, predominantly in Asia and Africa. Uh, they uh, also own the uh, 1.2 billion unit of Viettel global investment that's uh, trading on the unlisted uh, public company market. Um, I guess this has shades of Axiata because Axiata also has a regional footprint uh, where they don't uh, necessarily own majority stakes, uh, but they own uh, meaningful stakes in mm. regional companies. Um, and it's very relevant if uh, such telco companies want to uh, spearhead into the digital and online economy, uh, this will give themselves uh, an entry uh, with such big p- footprints. Yeah, and if Viettel has money, if they have firepower, why not? You know, we don't know how much is their watch has, but looking at this piece of news that they're in talks with Malaysian telcos to buy a stake, could be they have money, they have deep pockets, and if they think that the valuations of these companies are are good to invest in, then why not, right? Yeah, also, I, I think that uh, the traditional mobile business is changing in mm. very profound ways. It's getting a lot more competitive. Uh, now, a lot of virtual networks are springing up. And also, uh, the, the business model is really subject uh, to uh, being attacked. Uh, it by, is being attacked already, as it is. Of course, now, yeah. yeah. But, but you have things like 5G, right? So the mm. 5Gs will c- uh, continue to, in some way, uh, defend the position of the telcos web because people uh, are just so reliant on their mobile phones. Yeah, and maybe this Vietnamese company would like to buy into a Malaysian telco for the transfer of technology. Uh, some technology That's here, maybe point. they can bring over to Vietnam. That's right. Mm. Okay, we'll be looking at what's happening in uh, Bursa, Malaysia coming up after the 9am news, uh, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.